Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Welcome back, Pods fans, to another episode of Ring the Bell Pods Talk. Nick Kreider here, joined by the three-time All-Star, Heath Bell. Before the show, Heath and I were just talking about his men's league softball team, or not softball team, I'm on the softball team, baseball team that he's on, and uh, he's putting together some pretty good at-bats, getting able to swing the lumber a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I joined a men's league, 30 and older. I just met him at a, a batting cage. I was I was coaching my kids, um, like, last summer, and I kind of downplayed who I was and I just said I was a dad, but I played some men's leagues and, um, you know, everybody really liked me. I'm a third baseman, first baseman, completely the outfield. I can pretty much play anywhere. I'm not going to catch, but really people liked me because I could pitch, I could throw strikes and everybody needs pitchers. So it's funny because last winter, this guy asked me to come out there and um, he found out who I was and I told him not to tell anybody um, the day of the game. And I went like, I don't know, three for three with three doubles and played first and picked a bunch of balls. And then I pitched the last uh, four innings and literally struck everybody out that I faced. <laughs> and uh, then I joined this summer and I said, yeah, I'll, I'll, when I can show up, cause my kid's a senior, so I'm not going to always show up. So anyway, this past Sunday, my son's baseball team wanted me to throw batting practice. So I threw batting practice for Georgetown high about probably two hours of throwing BP and, you know, flipping some curveballs in, fastball changeup curveball just is what the kids wanted um, so they could see different pitches. And then I, I had about an hour and because the men's league was actually playing in Georgetown, too, because most of the time it's in Austin. So it's a drive for me. And um, they, I got there and they're like, can you start? And I'm like, I can only be here for like an hour because then I got to go bowl with my wife. And so I was already sore and I'm, I didn't even warm up. I threw four pitches playing catch. And I'm like, I'm, I'm done. Right. Yep. And then I went out there and played four, pitched four innings, struck out 10 and went two for two with us two ball singles. And then it went and bowled and bowled in the one nineties, like two Oh five range. It wasn't my best bowling. Cause usually I bowl in the mid to two hundreds. That's a solid day in the yard. 
Yeah, I was I was exhausted at the end of the day. Sure, just you love the but you know not not as exhausted as the Padres going to Cincinnati and sweeping the the Reds that we definitely well, needed. We have swept the Reds in the season series. This is the first time it's ever happened in our in our history, and the teams have been playing each other for a very long time since the beginning of the Padres' uh, start of their franchise. And we go out and take care of business. We talked about it on the previous show that we need to go out and win at least seven games on this eight game road trip. Well, right? at least six, we at really least... need to be seven and one. If we want to make the playoffs and do something right to be respectable, six and two, but so it's a great start. Yeah. I'm just surprised. I'm talking about the reds really quick. How bad Votto is playing right now. I mean, he's not even hitting over one thirties. I batting one twenty nine. Yeah. It's so. tough. That age is catching up to him. And also, of course, I imagine it's probably hard to stay motivated at that age when they've shipped off all their good players. You know, Castiano signed with the Phillies and Winker got traded to the Mariners and, you know, they, they trade Sonny Gray away as well. I mean, it's just not a great situation when you're the vet that's stuck it through and the team just decides to blow it all up and you're stuck there in your late 30s. Yeah, maybe he could um, sit there for a couple more years and like Zimmerman did in uh, Washington. Washington. Right at the very end, maybe make a run in the playoffs. Definitely not this year, but maybe no, next no, year, no. the year after that. But the Reds um, may end up being the worst team in all of baseball. So I can't really tell if this is a good season or a, a serious sweep by the Padres or if this is just the Reds. Is, being it's a good garbage. one. It's a good one because it we would be horrible if we didn't sweep. If we right. didn't right, right. It also gets we the guys be taken seriously. It, it gives the hitters more confidence, gives the pitchers more confidence. Mackenzie Gore looked Awesome. Struck out 10. It's kind of went over 15 games this year. He could have done it last year, but we didn't bring him up. But hey, you know who? Um, I know all of our um, Padre fans, you know, our famous first baseman that everybody loves to hate. Hosmer is sitting over 400, crushing the ball. He's the, like, I've, I've been telling you this for a while. If you look up his stats in um, Saint, in Kansas City, he, you know, he's around 300 roughly here and there, but when he had his best years is when Kansas city did something special, you know, right. them going to the world series, them winning, um, you know, it's early in the season. I hope that's the case, but I'm, um, he's doing really well. Profar is, you know, Profar is one of those guys. If you look back, he's had some big games and he's won us some games. He's only batting 210, but when he hits, he wins us the game. Well, he's got so, five home runs are now leading the team. And he's also got a cannon for arm all of a sudden this year he's got the most outfield assists in baseball i mean he's throwing out guys left and right yeah it's uh like i said when he does well it's like when nobody's doing well and he'll he singly will hand us win us a game pro far give him kudos for that one but he does it like once or twice a week but then the other five days of the week he's crickets he's silent yeah but but hey man our, our team leaders are the ones that are producing right now. Eric Hosmer, May Machado. It's a two-horse race for NL Player of the Month. It's going to be one of those guys. I mean, they're both – I mean, Hosmer's hitting over 400. Manny's almost hitting 400. It's uh, it's pretty nice to have that duo finally clicking uh, and running on all cylinders at the same time. Just can imagine what it's going to be like when Tatis gets back and when Cronenworth gets back in shape as well. Yeah, and then Will Myers, if he can start hitting, Grissom can start hitting. I mean, if those guys can just hit 100 points higher, I mean, Cronenworth is going to hit 280, 300. He's just that type of guy. Right. Um, Grissom, 
is same thing. He's 260, 280. I mean, right now he's 140. So, I mean, just 100 points higher. Nobody's going to be like, whoa, he's crushing the ball, but we will because we know he's going to be hidden where he's supposed to be hidden. Yep. And Tatis Jr., when he comes back, he's going to be hitting three-something. Yeah, hopefully. And right now, Kim, Kim is doing a pretty good job at, you know, batting 250. He got three hits today. Well, um, with Kim, he's got to play every day at this point. Yeah. You got to give him every day at bats. CJ, I've seen enough. Send him down, work on the development. I with, would. With Grisham, he's hitting leadoff so often. I would like to see him go down the order. You mentioned that guys, you know, see more fastballs when they're down there. They don't get the same t- style pitches. Grisham is struggling really hard right now. Yeah. So when you're, so here's the thing if you're a pitcher, how many times do you hear this at Little League Fields or some? It's like, hey, it's seven, eight, nine. You know, it's the last guys in the order. Just throw strikes. They'll get themselves right. out. So basically, you're going to throw a lot of fastballs. Your leadoff guy is usually your fast guy. You want to keep him off, you know, then your two hole can pretty much do everything. And then your three, four, five is kind of your power guys. So you're going to be a little bit more cautious. You're going to be throwing some breaking balls and off speed. Um, so just move him down to this six, seven, you know, just for like a game or two, just for yeah. like a series. You know, I, I agree with you with CJ, CJ great talent but if he's not going to play every day like i think he kind of was a little bit but this is a big sample size for like the first month of the season mm-hmm. we gotta we gotta send him down and get him developed we need yeah. him we don't need him here kim has been holding his own he's not tatis he's not batting 300 but he's holding his own he's doing a great job he's batting 250 that's what we need so you just let him play every day. He's the, he's the veteran. He's the professional. He's, he's going out there. CJ could be possibly be the future. Stick him in the outfield in the minors, you know, Profar is doing a heck of a job right now out there, but get CJ some at bats, get him swinging the bat. Like we all know he can, but he's got to go down to the minors to do that. He can't do that here. Yeah. So without a doubt, I agree. We just brought up Trace Thompson as well. The brother of Clay Thompson, who is playing in the playoffs right now for Golden State. He had nine home runs in El Paso. Uh, Will Myers hits the IL, 10-day IL. Austin Adams hits the 60-day IL. He's going to end up needing a surgery, unfortunately. But Trace Thompson, I want to see him get some at-bats because you bring up a guy who is hot right now, and he's sat the last two days. I understand that he was on the taxi squad the first day, but I feel like he should have been in the lineup against that last I don't game understand. See, that's where I don't understand. The best managers I've ever played for or played against, like Bobby Cox, you know, um, I'm going to say the guys that I've played against, Joe Torrey, Tony LaRusso. When a guy gets called up and he's hot, he comes in the game right away. Right. It's like, you're hot. I'm not going to be like, uh, let's just hit the bench learn what it's like to be in the big leagues. No, you're hot. We brought you up for a reason. Go hit, go so, play. So the one thing I will say though, and I, I don't really think it really made a difference, but they started Matt Beatty today in right field because it was his birthday and he was a lefty facing a righty. So that could be a little bit there. I mean, you have mentioned in the past that there are certain managers that always play guys on their birthdays, right? I I think it was good. I just, you know, he's the type where he's not even hitting a hundred anymore. And that was does not a good trade. That's yeah, no, it, it didn't make that. a ton of sense, honestly. I mean, we could launch BD to the moon at this point and it wouldn't make a difference. Now, all the trades we made, except for um Manaya trade. All the all the de- defensive trades, hitting offensive trades have not worked. Right. You know, and pitching trades have been coming good. into spring training. We knew we knew in spring training 
there wasn't a lot of positions to be win to one. And like I said, going back, when you know that you're the shortstop, when you know you're the, the bench guy for the outfield, I'm the platoon guy, I'm the backup catcher. When you have your roles, I feel like you even perform better. It's almost like say Kim is doing better than he did last year because he's an everyday kind of guy came over here last year was a part-time guy. Um, you know, bench player we need once in a while, didn't know how to handle that. Now he's playing more regative. He's doing basically what we all thought he would do last year. And, and he understands he's not the face. He's not Tatis jr. And, but he's here to bridge the gap and he's doing a great job doing it. And that's where I just, I don't understand sometimes. I mean, maybe it's the analytics that people are talking and maybe I just don't understand the analytics that, um, we got to bring a guy up and we got to like uh, wash his hands before we can put him on in the pool. I don't know. It's just some of the things just don't make sense to me. I really don't. Let me, let me ask you, we're probably going to be sending CJ down. I, I hope so. But let's just say Kim continues to swing a hot bat. He's an everyday player. He gets his average up over 250, 260, whatever. He's, he's playing good baseball and he's hitting home runs and he's playing good defense. And Tatis comes back healthy. What do we do in that situation? Well, we I mean, have a DH we- now. We do have a DH, but I mean, we're gonna right now our team's Tatis. not as a team hitting great. So you you keep him there and you play Tatis a game or two. Make sure you, no, you just you you put him in there for. Um, I mean, Tatis, you, you're going to have him at short. You want him at short, and then you just put Kim as a DH. I mean, who who really need? Do you need a DH to hit home runs traditionally? Yes, but our team doesn't need that. We just need somebody to get on base, so we DH yeah. him. That's what you yep. do. You you put the best by the time Tatis comes back, you put the best hitters in the lineup, barring their positions. You know, if we have one guy that's hot, but somebody's coming back taking his spot. I mean, Tatis should come back probably for like a game or two, sit, game or two, sit, or three games and sit, four games and sit, just to kind of get him there, unless he's just on fire right away. Right. Um, that's kind of what you do early in the season and spring training and whatnot. So yeah, I like the idea of of getting Kim as like the uh, as a DH, but also being the guy to give Tatis, Machado, and Cronenworth a day off when they need it. Not a day off in the sense of sitting him on the bench, but when Machado DHs, Kim goes to third. When Tatis exactly. DHs, he goes to short. When Cronenworth DHs, he goes to second. And then that's keep it. Kim in the lineup. And that's and DH when those guys are playing. And that's your infield. But here's the thing. Okay. So, um, all this new, all this new were um, numbers, BS and bullshit. I'll just say bullshit. We're on a podcast. Um, used to talking to radio where you can't talk like that. Speak from the heart. Anyway, uh, so anyway, all these cyber, you know, cybermetric numbers, blah blah blah. You know, it trickles down, and they say like, you know, Joe Madden has done this in the big leagues. So in high school now, what they're doing, some some high schools are doing, and some colleges are doing, is they're put, they're finding nine guys to hit. Um, they're putting their best hitters out there and then finding positions. The only position you really can't do that too is catching because it's kind of unique. You're squatting right. a lot, but really they're finding the best guys. And if we're listening to the numbers, we, and because here's the thing, the Padres are doing really well. We're a half game out, you know, we're, we're kind of right where we need to be, but our bad averages look like uh, they look like a last place team, you know, 140, yeah. 190. Then we have, you know, almost 400, 210, then 415, then 90, then 230, 220, 140, um, 250, 190, 
210. So it's kind of like we don't look that good. But but the, what I love about the Padres right now, and if you really think about it, all the teams right now are not doing this. The Padres are not looking for one or two guys to win the game every day. You know, you could easily say Eric Cosmer, Machado are kind of doing the majority of the work, but Profar's had about three games this year that he's pretty much won with his arm and bat pretty much the same time. Conworth has come up with a big RBI a few times, scored some runs. So it's just, it's one of those things that we need to find. We need to put the best hitters out there mm-hmm. and find the positions. And if we have to move like CJ Adram, if we, I think we move him down, this is not a knock from him. This has happened to a lot of guys It happened to me numerous times. You go down there because there's not enough playing time up here, or you just need to go down there and you just need to get your reps. You're going to go down there. We're going to lead you off. You're going to get four bats every single game. As soon as you feel comfortable again, we're going to bring your butt, your butt right back here. So, but here's the thing as a management, what you need to do is CJ go down there. And after two weeks, we're going to reevaluate you. You you start crushing the ball. Like we know you can, we're bringing you back and then you bring it back, you know, and then it's kind of this back and forth, but you have to tell the guy what exactly you're going to do and then don't beat around Bush. Okay. He goes down there and he hits 300, bring his ass back here. You know, don't, right. don't just, okay, well, we haven't, we haven't had time or we're winning games. We don't want to mess things up, bring it back here, use them. It's like, are you going to, or is he going to, you know, if you could easily send him down there for two weeks, he's hitting 300, three weeks, whatever it is, you're not ready to bring him up. You make a phone call or you have the GM call him and say, look, we want you to not play short. We want you to play left field, center field, right field, whichever it is. Right. And then we'll give you a call in a week. Or, you know, you know, we just want to make sure that you feel comfortable in the outfield and hitting. You can do that. That will push guys. You'll trust you a little bit longer. If you keep doing that over like a two-month period, then people are going to catch on and you're, you're basically lying to them or BSing them. But that's a way to give you an extra two weeks, mm-hmm. you know, Buy to some time. find a spot in the big leagues for a guy or this and that. Same thing with pitching. You know, Gore – I'm telling you, he's going to win 15 games. I think his top is he might win 17 games this year. I could we'll go as far as he, he could win 20 games this year. But Well, let me ask you, who's the odd man out in the rotation when Clevenger and Snell come back? Who's the odd man out? Well, I mean, you, you, gotta, you can't start honestly, seven guys. I don't know who, but, you know, it's it's honestly the, the real answer is who's got options, and that's going to be Gore. But – do you want to play for the future or do you want to win now? I don't, I don't know. That's that's see the pitching rotation is something really hard because I'm not a starter. I'm a reliever. I could tell you about a bunch of stuff like that, but I will tell you, even if Gore is dominating, you send him down. It's kind of disappointing. You're like, dude, I did everything I'm supposed to, but he understands, but you got to bring him back. He has to be the first one back. If you're going to bring him back for sure. But I have a feeling there, you know, if they have a double header, you got to bring him and he's got to pitch it. You can't use a bullpen guy. You can't. Right. If you have a long guy, that's terrible. Maybe you bring him up, but I don't particularly like starters to go to the bullpen. I really don't like that. So if you're the guy with options, you got to get sent down. I numerous times I've been sent down because of options, because we need another starter or we need another position player. And I just got, I was dumb luck. I'm the only options with the New York Mets at the time when I was a rookie. 
but if you guys move somebody from starting role to the bullpen, it has to be a veteran guy that's one do it that's on a one year contract. Right. But then you got to send a, a a bullpen guy down. That's where the GM gets. Um, that's my phone ringing. But that's that's where the GM literally gets. Um paid because who's got options who's got contracts who are we going to release what's the deal but you're also trying to win and win for the long period of time so so gore right now has three options so options are it's one per year so but you you have to understand you can go up and down 11 times one year i did that you can go up and down as many times as you want one year i did seven wait my first year i went once that's when i was rookie and then the next year um I went um, seven and another year I went 11. That is exhausting. Yeah. I, they basically said it was the Heath Bell uh, was a train. They, it, even when I got traded to San Diego, the next couple of years, if you listen to the Mets announcers, he's on the Heath Bell train, you know, going up and down for the minors. I mean, it used to be under called my name and that was, a, it's a bad thing to have that named <laughs> after you, but it's one of those things. So the next three years he can go up and down as many times as the Padres need but you can't frustrate the heck out of him where he doesn't pitch well. But here's the other way is you can, okay. Say Gore pitches Monday, his mm-hmm. next start day is Saturday. You send him down. Then you have your other guys come start and then you might have him come back up or whatnot, but there's also different rules. You know, sometimes yeah. you gotta get set. You have to be down for 10 days. Sometimes it's two weeks. It's been changing for the last couple of years. Yeah. I, I think for me, there's, there's two, there's gotta be two guys that move out of the rotation when Snell, cause you can't have Snell be a reliever. You can't have club. Snell's not going to be a reliever and Clemens is not going to be. Right. So I'm thinking maybe Nick Martinez maybe slides into the long reliever position, you know, in the bullpen and then maybe and who in the bullpen is going to get sent down. I mean, Austin Adams just went on the IL. No, I gotcha. But so. it's it's we got we got to move two starters and honestly, I hate to say this, but um, you Darvish the second half you might just have to cut your top, your your uh, losses and say hey because he's not really a second half pitcher he's more of a first half pitcher yeah, maybe trade him you trade him or you release him say hey cut our losses go for it I don't know if we can necessarily release him but people have done it in the past it's just one of those things or you just trade him. In in two months in June, you just trade them for a couple minor leaguers, and yeah. you're just doing it because you have too many starters. But then we're going to get back to the thing: do we not have enough starters? Right. You know, people get hurt, this and that. So that's exactly. the juggling act you got to do. But you also have to bring your young talent, and you can't just have veteran guys that are doing mediocre work. And you have a young talent like a you know a young Jake Peavy. That's basically what I'm saying. Mackenzie Gore is that just you know could win a young or you know, win almost every game. And, but we're going to keep, we're going to put him down the minors because, you know, we don't want to pay these guys. So then at the end of the day, you're not trying to win a championship. You're just trying to, you know, entertain the fans. Yeah. All interesting stuff. We'll see what what unfolds. Um, I want to talk really quickly because we talked before the show about the brawl that ensued the Cardinals and the Mets. Nolan Arenado charged the mound after getting hit by a pitch. Um, not the first time that's happened before against San Diego when he was with Colorado when Luis Perdomo threw at him. What are your thoughts here on on charging the mound? Have you ever been a part of a brawl? When- I've been part of many brawls. Uh, the Mike Piazza brawl and stuff like that, and that's probably the most memorable. Um, but, um, you know, uh, Chris Young, 
and Derek Libra in Chicago with the Cubs, us and the that's you know, if I have if we got video, I could totally show you this because like um Chris Young didn't back down, you know, hit him on a changeup or something like that, or a breaking ball. It was, you know, you know, if you're if if you okay, fans, really quick. If you ever see a pitch under 90 miles an hour, unless it's Greg Max or somebody that throws knuckleballs and hits somebody, that's called a changeup or a breaking ball, like a slider or a curveball, some spins. Even though I've seen it happen where somebody gets hit in the face because of that, whatnot, hitters don't back out and they're taught not to because they're trying to stay there until the last minute because balls move wicked a lot and late now. But um, no pitcher is ever trying to hit somebody one in the head, but you could probably test and say there's been one or two, but really with a breaking ball, a changeup, a curveball, a slider, anything but a fastball. If you're going to get hit on purpose, it's a fastball. Right. Um, and I will say the Mets have been hit more than anybody right now in any in history and beginning of baseball. But I watched it the other day and they had something on TV and it was literally, I think about 70% of the time, they're all off speed pitches. Mm-hmm. And here's the other thing. Hitters have those elbow guards that they, and if you look, there's like four times I saw, he kind of threw his elbow at it, like not going to get out of the way and it hit him. So get, take the elbow guards away or whatnot and batters will get out of the way. But I will say that pitchers nowadays rear back and it's all about the spin rotation. It's all about how hard I can throw guys nowadays are not being called up because they're throwing inside and outside and this guy's just totally filthy it's this guy's has a nasty slider and he throws 97 miles an hour they're not asking the question they did 15 years ago can you get anybody out is he getting anybody out it's all about well this hitter can't hit anything above 95 mile an hour so we're just going to throw this guy and you know occasionally the ball gets away from people yeah and then again you're going to make that aspect some guys are going to say well i can't put sunscreen i can't do this on my hand i so i can't grip the ball or and I call that a bunch of bullshit because a bunch of you were a thrower. You were never a pitcher in the day. So let me get back to the, you know, the brawl or whatnot. So I've never actually had anybody charge me. I wanted people to charge me. And that was probably, you did. Bit, that was a little mystique. I always wanted to see, what was I going to do? That's my wife thought I was nuts, but I was, she's like, well, you want to beat somebody up? And I was like, no, I actually want to see what I would do. Would, would I just stand there? Would I laugh? Would I run? Would I charge him? I, I was kind of curious. I always thought I would stand there and charge him. But um, anyway, but the brawl, I just think the Mets have been hit so many times and they're so frustrated and that Cincinnati or St. Louis, they're not going to back down from a fight. But, you know, at the end of the day, the Mets, they've been hit so much, but not all of them. They've been, like I said, a lot of them were sliders, curveballs, changeups, throwing your elbow out there, hitting the elbow guard. I mean, yes, yeah. some there's been three or four at the face. And I'm not denying those are scary moments because it could ruin somebody's career. But at the end of the day, nobody was trying to hit you in your head. Nobody's trying to hit you in your face. I mean, at the end, they're just, they're young, they're pitchers that are throwers and they're not pitchers anymore. So I like, I like the brawl. I like the emotion from, I mean, I like it. I miss, you know what I really, really miss? I miss umpires getting in. I mean, coaches getting umpires' faces. That's what I. Yeah, mean. I don't see that very often anymore. Honestly, I've so, always but, wanted them to mic up coaches when they would charge the umpires, or at least mic up umpires. Yeah. You know? But I okay. So one of my brawl stories is, so Chris Young is facing Derek Lee, hits him on like O2 curveball or something like that. Lee is talking smack, and Chris Young, you know, he's seven foot. 
you know, 12 or something. The guy's huge. Should have played basketball. Um, just is like, go ahead, whatever. Right. So then they start jarring. And it's funny because then all of a sudden somebody comes out of the dugout and then Derek Lee gets behind his own player in Chicago and then starts pushing him and really going after Chris young. Oh, wait now. Okay. So this is what happened. They jarred. They actually threw punches at each other. Yeah. They both missed, but then some, once somebody grabbed uh, Derek Lee and then Derek Lee started pointing fingers and started really going after him. It was almost like he was waiting for somebody to kind of get in front of him, but he did. They both did swing and miss. So anyway, I'm running from the bullpen. So any bullpen knows this, you sprint out there, you run as fast as you possibly can. You feel like you're going to fall because you're trying to get there and you're trying to help your team out or go beat some shit. Um, some of you don't like, so I'm out there and I'm just like, I'm running and I'm trying to get in the mix because Chris Young's a good friend of mine. And I'm like, I'm going after him. And also Derek Lee hit a home run off me when I was a man. <laughs> and, um, it was on ESPN, like the beginning of sports center. And I had to watch it. Like, it was like an Oh five. It was like my first full year in the big leagues. And I was like, I couldn't watch opening of ESPN because I'd watch the home run every, like every commercial anyway. Um, somebody grabs me and I grab my left arm. Like I'm getting ready to punch, you know, cause I'm like, somebody just grabbed me and yanked me and I go to like turn to swing and it's cliff Floyd, an <laughs> ex teammate of mine, you know, back in the Mets days. And he just grabs me and goes, dude, let's hug it out. Cause I don't need to get hurt. I don't need to get hurt. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but they're over there. And like, dude, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. So I was, so we kind of like pretend wrestled right there. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, we started, started laughing. He was always a funny guy, but that is he, awesome. I started laughing at him. I'm like, I got to go over here, man. He's like, no, no, man, you wouldn't let me go. He's like, no, we got to act like we're doing our own thing here. Cause I don't need to get hurt anymore. My knees are killing me. Oh my <laughs> so gosh. Was, that is so funny. It was hilarious. It was yeah, I remember, brawl there's story, a, all, a lot of brawl stories have stories like that. That's awesome. There's a, a really great picture that someone caught of Chris Young just throwing a punch and like not connecting. It seems like most baseball brawls, no one connects on their punches besides Rugen and Odor on, on uh, Jose Batista. That's the only one that I've seen that's really connected. And, and maybe Nolan Ryan when he's got the guy in the headlock. <laughs> yeah. So Nolan Ryan, uh, I heard about that. Uh, Ventura them and I asked I was teammates once and I asked him I said hey what what went on and he kind of said well you know there was bad blood back and forth and then I said uh so what were you thinking you know going like going after somebody like that and he literally said well I was going after it and then all of a sudden I I I realized I'm like charging Nolan Ryan like what am I doing and he goes next minute I know I'm in a headlock getting my ass whooped so that's why like he, he ran out there and you see him kind of slow down yeah. and then Nolan just like, whoop, boom, boom, boom. And you just see him like, just take it. And cause he goes, there was just like, what am I doing? This is a legend. This is the, you know? And like all of a sudden it was like, I'm getting hit. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, this is not right. And I don't know. It was great times. Good yeah. Times. I, Nolan Ryan actually spoke at a, a Georgetown. Um, I think it was like a banquet for our baseball team when I was a uh -huh. sophomore and I think someone asked him a question about that. And I think Nolan just like, if you charge me, that's what you're going to get. <laughs> that sounds like Nolan. I've met him a couple of times. It's like, shit, if you're going to charge me, I'm, I'm just going to put you, I'm just going to hit you. You're yep. going to fall. Put you're not going to win. 
I got a ball in my hands. You're not going to win. If you come on my mountain, you're not going to win. And that's, those are the guys that I wanted to be. I wanted to be that badass kind of guy on the mound. That's another reason I wanted people to charge me yeah. and I missed it. Maybe this 30 year old or somebody will charge me. I was about to say, I mean, maybe you'll get your brawl wish one day in this 30 and over league. I mean, it's funny. Um, there was this play at third base this last um, guy at first ball hits the outfield, two outs. He rounded, he slid in. He was totally there at third base. The umpire called him out, but the umpire called him out um, because the third baseman, you, you can do this. You can lay your leg down and basically block the bag, catch the ball and then tag him. I mean, you can do that, but you, you're not going to do that with, you know, the big leagues because metal spikes, they're going to hurt it's a lot of, you know, 30 and older. We're not, we're not running as fast. So he was up there and kind of like, you know, complaining, come on, I was there, blah, blah. So I just ran out of the dugout and I, you know, I, w- I had my glove with me too, because it was three outs. I'm getting ready to pitch. I go, what are you doing, Blue? Can't believe whatever this and that. I'm like, you go get over here. And he just kind of looks at me because I was joking with him the inning before on the mound. And I literally just went, no, I just was trying to get the inning to start, man. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I just go, I just wanted to yell at you to yell at you. And he just looked at me and goes, you're kind of an idiot. And I go, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, he goes, no, you can do that play. And I go, I don't care. I really don't. <laughs> he's out. He's out, man. I'm not going to come argue. I just literally ran out here. So he wouldn't yell at you. I was actually doing it that. And then we were, it was funny. We were having talks and, um, yeah, in between innings, because I'd throw like two pitches and I'm like down to second. He's like, You're right. And I'm like, dude, I just threw batting practice for two and a half hours to my kids' high school team. My arm's sore. I'm not gonna throw any, I'm not gonna warm up and throw eight pitches so I can throw like 15 this inning. So good times. Um, I have a hypothetical bet going with my other co-host on the Cherry Stripe, the other podcast that I, I host uh, with Josh Fisher. And we've always had this argument that if I were to step up in the batter's box in a major league against a major league pitcher, uh, I wouldn't put the ball in play in a hundred swings. I got a feeling you'd shit your pants. A hundred, come on. A hundred swings. I can't put the ball in play. Um, I'm pretty sure you would, uh, you'd make contact. I don't know. I could, I, I would say you'd make contact. So the percentages you, you get in there, but like, let's just say when I was pitching, if I threw you a curveball or threw you a slider, you'd jump out of the way. If I threw a fastball inside that we watched the videotape, it was probably not near you. You'd be like, there, you almost hit me. Like, no, no, I didn't. Just like <laughs> when I threw bullpens, sometimes I might have my wife stand in or my wife, my, my mom early on in college, they'd be in the back of the batter's box and I'd throw a fastball way over the plate and they'd be like, you almost hit me. And that was just a fastball ball that was straight. So um, I don't know. Sometime this summer, we'll you you and I will meet up. And well, that's what I was that's what I was I, getting at here. I'm was, not throwing that hard anymore. I'm probably throwing mid 80s. Yeah, but I mean that's I can still get my ball to move. I can get my two seamer to run a lot more than I used to. So so let's just say if I make if I put the ball in play twice against you, then I can probably put the play put the ball in play once against the guy playing now. Is that fair? Out of a hundred? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say you could probably put it in play. Yes, but if you were facing like, I mean, after a hundred, you'd get used to the guy throwing to you. But if you were facing like fifty different pitchers and they all got to throw two pitches to you, no chance. Or even what it, like, what if it's just Araldis Chapman throwing me a hundred pitches? 
That's scary though, because his command's off. Well, see, that's the thing that everybody nowadays they don't have command. They're not pitchers. They're a bunch of throwers. Right. Throwers and Chapman's always been a thrower. That's why Chapman could be literally a Hall of Famer. He could have been a starter and filthy. And the Reds tried to do that, and they realized, okay, we're just going to have to make him a a reliever because you know he's a thrower, not a not a pitcher. Right. Um. Because you know in Cuba he was he was a he was you know a starter, mm-hmm. but um. I don't know. You know, that's the thing as a hitter, you have to, you know, when a guy's a wild, that's why you call them effectively wild because you yeah. get people out just because they're scared and shitless. Even right. Right. Big leagues. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll have to put that to the test someday. Cause uh, I'm really anxious to see if I can do that. <laughs> oh, or maybe when you come out here, when you come out here, I totally have a field. Now I've got a batting cage in the backyard. We'll come throw to you. Easy, easy, easy. Heath, another great episode in the books. Padres off to a hot start on the road trip. Let's close it out. Let's get at least seven wins. Would love to see that happen and uh, keep the train rolling. Let's, let's keep high. Let's go Padres. I got a prediction. Gore is going to win still 15 games, even if you're going to send his ass down. And I got, I got one more thing. Yeah. If the Padres don't make the playoffs, fire the GM. Last time I'll say that it's probably a lie. I'll probably say it again. I'll second that to you. With that being said, go Padres. No pods. This episode of Ring the Bell Pods Talk is brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today to get your free welcome bonus by using the promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.